Hi, I'm Janessa McKenzie, the brand human, and I help entrepreneurs gain the mindset, messaging, and visibility to unapologetically show up and build their brands. So how do you build your brand from the inside out? This is the Elevate Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. It's Janessa here, and I'm here with Laura Perks, and she is the um, owner of a, P, a boutique PR firm named PR with Perks, which is the coolest name. I love it. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hey, I'm really well, thank you. And you're not the only person to ever comment on the name of the business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I rebranded in 2018 and it was before I got married. So I, I wasn't a Perks yet. And <laughs> it took so long to find that name. And when my business coach found it, she, it was like, oh my God, that is so obvious. Like, how have we missed it? Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it is so funny though, isn't it? Like the, sometimes it's the things that are right in front of your face that you just don't see. Totally. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about you, Laura. Well, I have this real kind of passion for people, for building relationships, for communicating. And I just love finding out about people. Like I'm fascinated by human behavior. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by what drives people to make decisions. And I'm also really inquisitive. So when I was growing up, I actually wanted to be a journalist. And when it came to choosing which degree I was going to do at university, I was going to go down the journalism route. And something kind of frightened me. I think once I realized that a lot of the degrees that were around media studies and journalism were really kind of heavily tech focused. So it'd be kind of going into a a radio studio and all the controls and all the buttons just freaked me out. And I remember having this kind of conversation with my mum and my mum said, but you love communicating, you love talking with people. And that's the side of journalism that appeals to you. Why don't you do something that's more generic with communication? And I thought, yeah, do you know what, mum, you are so right, as mums always tend to be. And (laughs) Yeah, then I just kind of stumbled across public relations and I loved the sound of it. So I've literally been in the industry since starting at university at at 18. I'm now 37. So, you know, I feel like I've I've, I've done my time. I've I've kind of learnt the ropes. And, you know, from from university, I, I worked at two different agencies in London And it got to my 30th birthday and I kind of had one of these realizations of, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Mm. And like, I I love, I love my job. Like I'm, I'm super passionate about it, but it just wasn't setting my soul on fire anymore. And I made the decision to set up on my own because there is so much innovation around and there are so many entrepreneurs starting out who would really benefit from PR and getting in the media and having Mm. that extra exposure but then don't have the income to support 
like a big, you know, city agency. Yeah. So I kind of took a leap of faith seven years ago. I had no idea what it was going to be like to run a business, but I thought, hey, do you know what? I have belief in myself and I know if I want this enough, I can make it happen. And here I am now, seven years later, business has evolved. I've evolved. It's been a huge journey. And now, I, you know, I still work with female entrepreneurs because, again, I am a female entrepreneur. So I, yeah. I, I know what comes up. I know the stuff we battle with mindset-wise every day. I know what challenges we face with, you know, running a household and trying to kind of do everything and do it really well. So... Yeah you know, I still very much champion women in business. Um, it's just as I grow, my ideal client, my ideal client changes slightly, but there's still that kind of passion to really yeah. empower women, to really champion them and just kind of help grow the confidence. Cause I mean, I don't know about you and I don't know about your listeners, but so often we try and do everything Mm-hmm. And you get exhausted you get burnt out you don't feel like you're doing anything really well so it's it's kind of when I work with clients it's more of a let's get real let's stop all this kind of negative trash talk it's okay not to know everything it's okay to ask for help and it's okay for you just to focus on one thing and just be awesome at it yeah that's huge because I think every entrepreneur, you know, that should be in the playbook when you, (laughs) when you start a business, because it's true. I, and it's funny because, you know, I was just talking to my own coach about this the other day, because we all get that no matter what level you're at in your business, whether you're making, you know, you're not making even four figures a month yet, or you're making six figures a month. Like it doesn't matter. We all all those feelings come up at some point. It's just on a different level. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so important to, to help others see that because I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs stop. You know, they're like, this is too much. Nothing's happening. I'm doing all these things. Why can't I just get to the next level? Why can't I just find a client? Why, you know, all of these things, And it's, you know, it's that point where if you can push through those things and, you know, talk to yourself nicely and, you know, just see that your impact and your purpose and your vision is bigger than the fear, then, you know, that's when you, that's when you push over that edge and you're like, oh, thank God. You know, (laughs) yes, I made it. I made it to the other side of this, but there's always going to be another other side. Right. Always. Yeah. And and it's funny too, because I can do all of those things for my clients and I'm, as I'm sure you can too. But then when it comes to our business, sometimes we're like, ah, what, what's happening right now? I can't figure out why do I feel like this? You know, which is why we all should have a coach, right? (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. And my coach, she's like the queen of one liners. So (laughs) She she always kind of say to me, new level, new devil. Yes. And it's like, oh, it's so true because 
you know, you, you get over one hurdle and like you say, you're like, yes, I've done it. I've got to where I want you to be. And then you're fine for a while and then up comes the next challenge and it's like, oh, here we go again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know where this belief has come from that when you run a business, it's constantly like growing and it's a really kind of plain sailing journey like no one really tells you yeah Mm -hmm. you know what it's going to be up and down your journey from a to b is actually going to take you through every other letter of the alphabet it's not (laughs) straightforward but you do learn so much along the way yeah you learn so much about you know everything that you're learning about in your entrepreneurial journey but you're also learning a huge amount about yourself Like I met an entirely new person when I started my business. I was like, Whoa, who's this? (laughs) (laughs) This is cool. Who do I get to be tomorrow? (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of it. It's like, Hey, do you know what? Today I'm going to, I'm going to chill today. I'm going to, I'm going to be the, uh, the relaxed kind of boss babe. And then the next day you think, Whoa, why did I do that? (laughs) Yeah. And then the next day you're like, Nope, we're just back to, boss bitch today right <laughs> absolutely so tell everybody a little bit more about what PR is just in case there are some people out there listening that are like what are they even talking about yeah of course and this is something that that comes up a lot and to be honest PR has changed well it hasn't quite changed the perception of PR has changed a lot I think especially in the last 10, 15 years, since social media became such a big thing, since it made such an impact, since everybody was in everybody's lives every single second of the day. And PR has kind of taken a back foot. But if I kind of peel back all the layers and start from the beginning, public relations is kind of literally managing your reputation. Now, for me, that doesn't really resonate because I think, well, hold on, I'm not a brand. It's just me. I'm a person and I'm not really that well known. So I don't have a reputation. So I I don't really think that resonates with many people. Mm. So I tend to say to everyone, everything you do is PR. So Mm. you and I recording this podcast you're doing your own PR. I'm coming on as a guest to PR myself. Mm-hmm. If you write blogs, that's your PR. Everything you post on social media. So it's almost everything that you're communicating outwardly about yourself and your business. So although I, it's me on my own, I am a brand. You know, I am PR with perks. Yeah, that, That's what I'm representing. That's what I'm showing up as. And I think when you're a solopreneur or, you know, a solo businesswoman, however you kind of, whatever you call yourself. Mm, Relate to or associate with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, (laughs) You are a brand, you know, you're kind of wanting to, like you say, resonate with like-minded people. You want people to feel aligned to your values and all this has to come across in everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. You're just building a personal brand when it's, you know, just you. 
Yeah, totally. So if you go out networking, that's PR. I mean, literally everything, everything that you say and everything you do, mm-hmm. which in itself sounds really scary. Um, but I kind of say to people as well, public relations is literally relating to your public. So yeah. like, <laughs> like it's take people- it literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you take it literally. So it's almost what can you do to align yourself to those ideal clients? Like who do you serve? Who do you help transform? Who do you solve problems for? And it's like, just show up all the time and share and just be amongst people who you love to be around. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think public relations as a tool is very much about gaining exposure. Mm -hmm. So if you're a service-based business, you know, you are an expert. And again, I don't know about your listeners, but I know a lot of people who are in my network in the UK don't feel like they're an expert because, oh, I don't have a successful business. Oh, I'm not earning six figures. Oh, I don't have a degree. Well, Mm. it's bollocks because (laughs) if you know something, you're an expert. (laughs) So exactly. Exactly. No, you don't have to have awards. You don't have to have certificates. You don't have to have anything to prove your knowledge right so for me service-based businesses I like I love working with service-based entrepreneurs because what they know is incredible and once you start opening up and once you start sharing your story and your passion and more people see that that's where you make the impact and For me, that's where public relations will always win hands down compared to social media or marketing because they're more your sales tool. Mm -hmm. Whereas public relations is more about building that connection, getting that exposure, opening up to more people, inviting them to experience what you offer. And, you know, it could be product-based as well. Mm -hmm. I mean a lot of the the UK press at the moment are having to write so much content around what you can do within your home because, you know, we're all locked down to COVID-19. So it's like, okay, now we have to get get creative (laughs) with our content. So, you know, it's how can you curl your hair at home using toilet rolls and clips? (laughs) How can you do yes. fake fun at home? And it's like all of a sudden, these things that didn't really matter before because we didn't have to think about it is now becoming like a thing. So if all of a sudden you're a hairdresser and you can share tips, it's like it doesn't matter if you only graduated six months ago. If you can tell someone how to cut their fringe in lockdown, wow, you know, mm. you're the go to expert. So for me, it's just taking your expertise taking your product and really elevating it to that next level where more people get to know about you and you know I love social media social media is awesome it's how you and I connected Mm -hmm. and it's great for building communities like don't get me wrong I do love social media but you're still only talking to a small audience because even if you're in a massive group or you've cultivated a group because of the algorithms, 
not everybody in the group is seeing your content. Mm -hmm. Whereas if your blog is shared, say on Huffington Post or Thrive Global, or you're in a newspaper or a magazine, you know, that's read by hundreds of thousands of people. So it's just kind of giving you greater exposure that you can then use on social media to show people, hey, look, this is what I'm up to. Yeah. You can use it in your like, email campaigns. You can invite people to work with you and again say, hey, look, you know, I've been featured in on Thrive Global. These are my tips. Would love to share them with you. So it's, it's all part of like your communication strategy. Mm. Yeah, so, and that's almost a whole nother, you know, Oh yes. <laughs> Stream right there. Yeah. So I think in, in my own head, like I love that perspective and brand your, you know, building your brand goes is that's exactly how I describe, you know, how your brand should be built is pretty much what you just said. PR is to you, right? Like showing up as yourself, inviting people to, you know, understand what you do, how you can help your passions, your purpose, all of those values, your vision, everything, right? Absolutely. And when I hear the word PR now, before I had no idea. I mean, I knew what it meant, but it, to me, it was like, oh, this big office in a big city and like uh, people were managing people that were, you know, like celebrities, you know, yeah, like nobody yeah. else needed PR besides celebrities. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but now I know that you can, you know, be on media without mm. being a celebrity. Absolutely. I mean, and celebrity, and I think the thing is with the media is people tend to focus on it as newspapers and news programs on the TV. Mm. And at the minute, it just seems that we're bombarded with this one message. It's all focused on COVID-19. It's all doom and gloom and fear. And, you know, understandably, people are thinking, well, I can't compete with that. Hmm. Actually, once you start doing research, and, and this is what I always teach my clients to do, it's like, you really need to focus in on your ideal client and where they're hanging out because mm -hmm. if they're not reading the newspapers don't even go near them like don't waste your time or your energy trying to get featured in a publication that's not read by your ideal client right if your ideal clients are hanging out in facebook you know dominate facebook groups if they're listening to podcasts get involved in the podcast see if you can appear as a guest or they can promote your business in some way. Mm. So, and there is, you know, so many blogs now, like blogs are incredible. And you can build collaborations with the blogger or you can do giveaways. I mean, there, there are so many possibilities. And I think since the advent of social media, the lines have been blurred. Mm -hmm. So probably, you know, like 15 years ago when I was, kind of first starting out social media wasn't a thing like I don't even think Facebook had I think no I think Facebook had been invented but it wasn't hadn't been around for long so it was purely a, a, a social network it was for friends to stay in touch and communicate and it's just mm -hmm. grown 
and it's amazing because again that's where you and I connected there are huge opportunities on on Facebook and it's just really kind of finding what's right for your audience mm-hmm. and that social media experts would say that social media it's not public relations marketers would say it's marketing and not public relations but actually all three now are so blurred that kind of how do you distinguish one from the other and as entrepreneurs you have to do it all so it doesn't matter if the lines blur or they don't because you need to do it all yeah and really the bottom line is just show up oh yeah really (laughs) i mean that that's the key to the kingdom right there you just show the heck up yeah and you know that even scares people they're like oh i have to be the face of my business yes yes if you're a solopreneur or even you know uh you have a very small team but you are the one providing the service especially for obviously service-based providers Mm -hmm. if you're the one that is you know, providing the service, then yes, yes, you have to show up. (laughs) You don't have a choice if you want your business to grow and you want, you know, uh, the attention for your business. You want to help people. You want to impact the world. You want to create that vision that you have in your head. Yes, you have to show up. Your face has to be seen (laughs) and you have to actually network, connect with people and get to know them. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 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 a lot of the time when I'm working with clients it's kind of about digging deeper actually than the surface level this is my business and this is how I help people it's Mm -hmm. like no do you know what people want to know about you Mm -hmm. and they want to know about your journey because none of us kind of woke up one day and were entrepreneurs like we've all we've all had a job you know, we've probably started as like the paper girl and then we've worked in restaurants and then we've kind of landed a corporate job and we've spent years climbing the corporate ladder and then thought, nah, do you know what? This life isn't for me anymore. Or there's been redundancies or you've left to start a family and realized that your job no longer supports your new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's, within those stories that people can really connect to you Mm -hmm. and you know I think self the self-employed when you look at the figures there still aren't that many people who are setting up their own businesses you know solopreneurs doing it for themselves Mm -hmm. so we I think we provide a lot of inspiration and a lot of hope for the people who haven't yet made that career change or even just the decision, right? Yeah. Like they just, they know that they are not happy where they are mm. in their life, but aren't even, you know, would love to just be able to start a business, make money, have the freedom, have the abundance, have all the things. And you can, you mm. totally can. Yeah. There is going to be some work and there's going to be some ups and downs and there's going to be that roller coaster emotional, crazy thing going on, but it's totally possible. You just have to love the journey more than, uh, and, and know that there is not a destination. <laughs> no, there really isn't. <laughs> it changes all the time. 
Yes. Yeah. Your destination changes over time. Just like you said uh, earlier that your ideal client, you know, changes. Everybody's ideal client should be changing Mm. at every level of their business. Everybody's. If it's not, then you're not getting yourself out there enough Mm. and you're not, you know, you're not leveling up yourself because then like the next level is going to have somebody else that you can help or it's just going to shift just a little bit. It's not like a complete change. You know, like you're not going to go from, you know, a female entrepreneur who's just starting her journey to, you know, somebody that's making 10 figures in their business overnight. Mm -hmm. Like those aren't, you know, you're going to gradually move into different aspects of your ideal client's life the whole way. Yeah. And so, I was just going to say as well that when, when you start increasing your exposure and you're seen in more places, more opportunities naturally come towards you. Yes, yes. So, you know, you could be seen in on a blog and then, you know, a TV station could get in touch with you and say, hey, we need a guest. You'd be perfect. Mm. People are looking for speakers for their events the whole time. So all of a sudden you can land speaking gigs. And again, the more you're seen, the more you're in that kind of high vibe, you're in this really kind of positive energy, you land more speaking gigs, then you land dream clients. And then all of a sudden you're like, hold on a minute. I'm going through another growth spurt. I need to start this journey all over again. So it's just, it's, and you know, you, you know, this is kind of, once you start putting yourself out there, it, it is scary. But then mm-hmm. it's amazing how quickly it starts coming back in. And I'm like, it's like, whoa, okay, universe, I'm sorry that I, I resisted for so long. But thank, right. you, thank you for the lesson. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're going, what just happened? You know, like all these people are, you know, trying to connect with you, your ideal clients, your dream clients, people asking you to, to do this or that, collaborate you know, speak, whatever it is. And you're like, what in the world just happened? And how did I do that? So I can do it again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would love to talk a little bit about how you can get, you know, published in some of these online publications, you know, what does it take? Like, how do you do that? And, what, uh, you know, some, maybe just some tips for somebody to getting started that says, Oh, I would love to be featured on thrive global or Huffington post or entrepreneur. Like what do they do? So Huffington post and thrive global are actually a really great starting point because you can upload your own content as a contributor. Mm. So you literally just go onto their website and you sign up and you post a blog post and if it gets approved hey presto you're on their website and if it's content that people enjoy it will go out on their kind of daily news roundup so it will be landing in the inbox of everyone who subscribes to Huffington Post or Thrive Global so you know it it could be a blog that you wrote three years ago but all of a sudden it it resonates with everyone Mm. and 
you know, I'm seeing so much on, on Thrive Global at the moment to do with mindfulness and meditation and stress management and tips on how to sleep better because this is the reality of the situation we're in at the moment and this is the information people are looking for. Yeah. You know, when, when COVID-19 first hit, I think everyone was, was panicking because, you know, the grocery store was running out of food and you couldn't get hold of what you usually ate. And all of a sudden it was like, well, hold on. I don't know how to cook a meal from what I've got in the cupboard. So people were looking for recipes. It was, it was almost like going back to the war when people were on rations and just Mm. had to make do. Um, So yeah, what I love about Huffington Post and Thrive Global is they are very much in the now. They're very much, sharing news on stuff that's relevant to people right now mm. when it what, comes, sorry no carry on oh i was just gonna say what about i know that there's a couple of other publications that you know us entrepreneurs would love to be in but it's a little bit more difficult to you know really get in there like mm-hmm. forbes entrepreneur inc business yes. insider they seem to be the top of a lot of people's lists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great because it's like, do you know what? Aim high. So mm-hmm. my number one tip for getting into those publications is really spend your time reading them. Like mm. have a look at what they're actually writing about. And I know Forbes particularly champions female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So it's almost what what is going to stop their readers in their tracks? What information can I provide that's going to make their readers stop and want to listen to what I'm saying? Mm. And, you know, it could be anything from you could have been made redundant and were made homeless and now you're consistently earning six figures. Okay, I mean, that's quite a drastic. (laughs) But the underdog story. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many people who have experienced that, but they really kind of like to champion women who are breaking the mold, who are non-stereotypical, who are just kind of thinking, screw this, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Because that's what we want to read. Like, that makes us feel good. So when it comes to those kind of publications, just really keep consuming the content that they're writing. You'll notice um, probably the same journalist is writing content that's relevant to you. Mm -hmm. So start following that journalist on social media. Mm. Nine times out of 10, they'll be on Twitter. They're probably on Instagram. Sometimes journalists on Instagram, it's more their personal page rather than their kind of professional page. Mm-hmm. But Twitter is great as well for finding requests from journalists. Hmm. So you can actually search in Twitter the hashtag journo request. Oh. And any journalist who's looking for content will just put their request add that hashtag and anyone who's on Twitter who's searching that hashtag will see their request. Oh, that's a good P 
piece of advice right there. I didn't know that. So that's, um, that's always worth having a look at. Um, Like in the UK, it tends to be a lot of the newspaper journalists who use that Mm. because they're they're constantly looking for news. Does that happen on Instagram as well? Not so much. Instagram, I would say it's more a case of following them to get more of an idea of who they are as a person. Mm. So that when it comes to getting in contact with them to kind of pitch an idea or introduce yourself, you're not going in blind. Like it's not a completely cold lead. Yeah. And it just shows that you have put in some research, you've done some work into who they are. And it could be that, you know, you both love baseball or you could both love five guys. It could be anything, (laughs) but just something that kind of links you. So it starts the conversation off on a really good note. Yeah. And is that really the the place that people should be you know looking at so that I mean I can imagine that some of these editors must get a bazillion emails a day right (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean once upon a time you used to be able to get a journalist on the phone um not so much these days but especially on on Twitter a lot of journalists will now accept tweets as Mm. as a a pitch because they get so many emails and what I find works quite well is I mean this works especially well for local news Mm -hmm. is if you actually tweet your local news outlet and say hey I've got a story who's the best person to send it to and you tweet that yeah you tweet it yeah so you just literally tweet you know, whatever their handle is and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, who, who can I send it to? And, you know, most of the time they reply and say, hi, send it to this person. So when it comes to sending them the email, you can then say, Oh, you know, I, I sent a tweet out. I've been told by, you know, whoever it is on the account to get in touch with you. I've got this fantastic news story. Let me know what you think. Hmm. That's great. So, now, you know, it, it can work. Yeah, and I also know that there's a difference between, like, being a contributor somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're a contributor, you don't work for that publication, but a, an editor obviously does work for that yeah. publication. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, an expert, an expert. So if you were, like, being quoted as an expert. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference between if somebody has said to you, um, Oh, I would, you know, love for you to contribute to our online publication, or I would love for you to be, uh, an expert on our publication. Mm. So the difference, I mean, there's not a huge difference. And again, this is where the lines are blurred because it'd be far too difficult to make it black and white. Um, (laughs) if, if you're, if you're asked to be a contributor, the entire article tends to be dedicated to something that you've written. Whereas if you're invited to share your expertise, 
it tends to be in a feature on say like stress management so Mm. they might be writing a feature on stress management and they're using four different experts to share their tips on how female entrepreneurs can manage stress Mm. so So, somebody else is writing the article if you're an expert but as a contributor you would write the article yes yeah exactly so um as an expert it tends to be one of the staff journalists who will write the feature Mm. And your comments and expertise are there almost to kind of back up the statement that they're making. I see. Yeah. So, I mean, both are fantastic. Both, it's both PR coverage. Both of it is something that you can then share with your audience. Mm -hmm. So there, I wouldn't say that one is better than the other because, hey, exposure is exposure at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you contribute to a a publication, you have at the bottom of that, you have like your little bio and, you know, you can put links to your website or, you know, to a lead magnet if that's, you know, like a newsletter or something like that. Um, When it's an expert, a featured expert, it, you wouldn't have that at the bottom of the article. It would be just kind of a link in the article to your website, probably. Yes. Yep. So, you know, the first time that you're introduced, you know, they'd say, you know, for example, Laura Perks is a PR coach from PR with Perks. And then they'd either hyperlink PR with Perks if it was online or Mm -hmm. if it's in print, they'd probably just kind of type out my url yeah um so yeah i mean both both is great and again it 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 depends it depends what they're looking for Mm -hmm. because you know with huffington post and thrive global they're not always going to approve your content it's not always going to land the way you want it to land Mm -hmm. Um, but i think that's just what you learn to accept as a business owner is sometimes what you think is going to be fantastic bombs. And then the stuff that you put out that you don't think is all that great, all of a sudden gets a shit ton of engagement and people wanting to work with you. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. So really the moral of the story is just keep writing. Yeah. Just keep sharing. And it's like with anything, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And like you said before, the more you read that publication, the more you understand what people like and what they tend to feature, what they tend to, you know, really gravitate towards so that, you know, when you're writing a piece, you're like, Ooh, this would be good for, you know, Forbes, let me pitch it to them or, you know, but now the other thing is too, that I want to make sure everyone understands is that some of these publications require you to only write content for them. So let me rephrase. You can't, if you share an article with Forbes, Mm -hmm. Forbes does not want you to post that anywhere else. No. Yeah. Some places are okay with you sharing that blog post in other places, even your own blog. But Forbes says, I know this because I've pitched to Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They, they say, you know, you, this can't even be on your own blog. This Mm -hmm. is content solely for us. If we say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's almost to play with the big boys, you have to play by their rules. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. You know, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, every, somebody listening to this podcast was like, oh, I'm going to go pitch to, you know, XYZ and all of these places. And I'm going to use a blog post that I posted three years ago. You can't do that. It yeah. has to be, you have to read their guidelines. Oh, totally. And as well, publications like Forbes, they've built their reputation. You know, they've had great PR and they have to make sure that everything they're printing or writing about feeds into the ethos of their brand. And if they want original, fresh content, then original, fresh content is what they're going to get. And if you yeah. can't post it anywhere else, that is the very small price you have to pay for being in Forbes because everyone wants to be in Forbes. It is the kind of hero publication for every entrepreneur that's ever walked the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It, and like you said, you're playing with the big boys when you're, you know, pitching to Forbes. And, and the other thing that I want to make sure everyone understands too, is that just like everything else in your entrepreneurial journey, you're probably going to hear more no's than yeses. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You just keep going just like you do every day in your business, right? Yeah. So uh there's no reason to say, oh, you know, Forbes didn't say yes to me this time. So I'm never going to go pitch to them again. No, you keep pitching to them. Keep doing it. Yeah. And sometimes it can just be a teeny tiny adjustment in your wording. Yeah. Yeah. It, like in, in the title or something. Yeah. 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 It might be that your title needs to make more of an impact so that they open the email. It may be that. And the thing is, journalists these days are so busy because over the years teams have got smaller and smaller the role and responsibility of each person on the publication has increased so they don't have the time to reply to emails and it can be that you have a journalist send you an email three months after you've pitched because now it's relevant three yeah. months ago they didn't have time to tell you that it wasn't relevant but they knew that they were going to file it away. And when the time was right, they'd be back in touch. And you just have to understand that unless you get a no, just keep going. Yeah. So that's interesting. So what happens if, um, you know, you've pitched and you waited, say, a month, right? And you didn't hear anything back at all. Yeah. And then you said, okay, I'm going to pitch the same idea somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that person said, yes, like within a week. And then the other person comes back, um, you know, two months later and says, oh, I'd really love for you to write this. But now you, you know, that publication that you wanted at first only wants fresh content that you haven't shared anywhere else. Mm. I think in that instance, and I always think that honesty is the best policy. So there is no harm in saying, look, hey, I didn't hear back from you in a month. So I've pitched it somewhere else and they're using my story. However, I would love to work with you to create fresh content. What, what can we do? Because publications yeah. don't really want to be writing about the same stuff as another publication. Yeah. So they're going to want to work with you to develop something completely new. Yeah. Or they could, you know, you could, you know, maybe rework the story that you sent yeah. somewhere else. So it's not 
the same. You could yeah. take some stuff out, add some stuff in. It just can't be like the exact same story. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. And as well, it may work slightly different in the US, but in the UK, a lot of the time, if you've been in a newspaper, you can still be in like a weekly magazine or you can still be in a monthly magazine but the chances are another newspaper won't use that story yeah so and you know if you've been in a magazine you can be in a newspaper it, i mean it's all you know it's all politics and it's all about competitors and and stuff so there are still opportunities i mean because your story is your story right at, at the end of the day if you're sharing expertise then you can share your expertise anywhere because you can tweak your own message and different features will require a different level of, of information. So last year I worked with a, a psychotherapist and the amount of coverage that we got was insane, but the kind of different articles that she was contributing to, it was everything from, um, the effect that the Duchess of Cambridge has on people and why people are obsessed with the royal family mm. right the way through to how to not feel guilty saying no through to how to spot being in a toxic relationship through to how do you know if you're being gaslighted through to the negative impact that pornography has on children. So it was just, <laughs> it was mental, but because of her knowledge she could provide her expertise in all those different areas, but still get her message across. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, psychotherapy doesn't really, it's not a narrowed down. You can talk about a whole lot of things. Yeah. Psychotherapist. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there, there are lots of opportunities out there. And this is why I say to people, research is so key. And I know it can be boring, but, even if you dedicate like 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, mm -hmm. that can really be the difference between you making or breaking it in the media because you've shown that you understand their content, you know what the journalists want to write about, and then you've pitched something to them that is relevant and fresh and it's going to grab their reader's attention. Yeah. Awesome. And that's really really what it comes down to right is just um you know making sure you know what the heck you're gonna pitch them yeah. like that it really is gonna be relevant and you know and, and like anything else in your business you have to do a little bit of work up front to get what you want mm. yeah so if you really want to get in that publication then go do your research you know like she said you know like Laura just said it's not hours a day of research it's just go read the publication read their guidelines they all have them all on their websites it's usually at the bottom of the website you can find it like it'll say write for us or be a contributor or you know do you have an idea or something like that it'll say something like that at the bottom of their websites click on it and read yeah yeah. And then figure out what you want to pitch them mm. or if you want to just be a contributor and there's a whole bunch of open platforms too, like, um, medium and board Panda and blogger, you know, all of like, you can, 
you can go viral on any one of those and get a whole bunch of, you know, inquiries and opportunity from that. It doesn't have to be, you know, Forbes or entrepreneur some somewhere like that. No. And this is the other thing. It's like, I mean, we're talking about Forbes and entrepreneur and, you know, this might be scaring some of the listeners <laughs> because I mean, that, that is kind of real top level, holy grail of PR coverage. Mm. But as I said earlier, if your ideal client is reading, I don't know, USA Today, I mean, I'm not in, entirely sure what the names of the publications over there are, but yeah. if, you know, if that's what your, your ideal client's reading, if they're reading Glamour or if they're reading Cosmo or, you know, if they're picking up celebrity magazines, as long as you have content that's relevant to their readers and their readers are your ideal client, you go for it. Like it doesn't have to be Forbes and entrepreneur. It can be, it can be anything as long as it resonates with who you want it to resonate with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and again, that is really the most important thing. Does the publication resonate with your ideal client? Do you think that your ideal client would read that publication? Mm. Um, Or, anything like that publication because Mm. you can share once you're on there you can share that publication wherever you want just use the link throw it on your social media be like hey look at my blog post on mind body green check this out you know and people are going to be like oh i read that or oh you know let's go check that out or Mm. you know whatever it is you just need to resonate that's it yeah. That's it. It's really that easy. <laughs> 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 All right, Laura, this was amazing. Do you have any last words for anybody uh, listening to this that, you know, just a little piece of advice or some encouragement or inspiration, anything? I would, I, I, I definitely stick to the tips that we've mentioned. So like do your research Use social media to follow the journalists who are writing the pieces just so you can get to know them on more of a personal level. When it does come to pitching to the press, keep it really top line. You kind of want to entice them in to ask more questions. Like don't throw the kitchen sink at them. Mm. Just kind of make it short and snappy because their attention span is tiny. They're super busy. So Try and make an impact, you know, in your email subject line and then in the first couple of sentences. Don't give up if at first you don't succeed. I am often chasing journalists two or three times and even then I don't always get a response. So I think, hey, do you know what? We'll leave it for a month or so. I'll keep following them on social. I'll see if I can adapt the story to make it more relevant and then it will it will come in so just just keep going unless it's a no it's not a no (laughs) right and um just yeah just keep showing up and sharing and if it helps you gain confidence by being more active on social media and putting out more content in facebook groups then absolutely do that because i know that not everybody feels ready to start being seen in the media but if you mm. are looking to kind of scale your business, 
you're looking for those speaking opportunities, you're looking to land clients, then being seen in the press is you are then kind of, you have this kudos and this credibility that people are then naturally drawn to. Yeah. And if you don't try, yeah. you never know. That's right. That's right. And really that's, that's it, right? Like get excited about what else you can do and, mm -hmm. and, and don't make this into like another full-time job. Like oh. that's not what we're trying to say here at all. It's, it should be just, you know, if this is what you want to do, you want to get into some media outlets, you want some coverage, then you just work it into your strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, do you have a, maybe you have a team, maybe you have a VA, maybe she can do some research for you so that, you know, she can send you some information and you can just you know, read through that information and be like, oh, okay, this, this looks good. This looks good. This is not so good. You know, whatever, like mm. use what you've got, use the resources that you have or spend 10 minutes a day and just go through a few different websites and see where you want to land. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I remember when I first heard about this, I'm like, oh my God, I have to do all that work just to like get a blog post up somewhere. <laughs> but we make it so much bigger in our heads mm -hmm. than it really is. So, yeah. you know, take a deep breath. This is not a big deal. It's not another full-time job. You know, just do some research when you have a few minutes, like while you're eating lunch, you know, scroll through some, some publications that you think you might like. Mm. So, all right, Laura, let everyone know where they can find you. Well, I hang out across most social media platforms. Um, so on Facebook, I have a Facebook page for PR with perks, but I do also accept um, kind of one-to-one -one connections also on my personal page, which is Laura Perks. And then on Twitter and Instagram, it's also PR with perks. And then on LinkedIn, Laura Perks. So it's all fairly memorable. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. All right, everybody, if you enjoyed this episode and you, you know, found something in there, which there was lots of good nuggets in here. So screenshot this episode, tag Laura and I on your, fa uh, on your Facebook store. You could <laughs> tag us, I guess, on your Facebook stories. But what I meant was Instagram stories. Tag us on your Instagram stories. And tell us what your biggest aha moment was. As always, you can DM either Laura or I for any questions that you have. I'm sure Laura would be more than happy to answer anything that you have to send her. So, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to, to kind of helping people and giving advice. So awesome. slide in those DMs. Nice. All right. All right, everybody. We're going to sign off. And we will see you on the next episode. Laura, thank you so, so, so much for your amazing expertise. No, thank you so much for the opportunity. I've had an amazing time. Good.